You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome, welcome, hello all. You are here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host for the next 30 minutes here on, I think, the only live call-in show here on Pet Life Radio. Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And we're here for you. We're here for you, for your pets. Ask questions. Go ahead. Give us a call. At, I mean, you can reach us a number of ways, actually. you know, Certainly one is by good old-fashioned phone. That's area code 877-385-8882. Another is to go ahead and send me an email to drjeff, that's drjeff at petliferadio.com. And also a good easy way to do is just log on to petliferadio.com, click on the tab, the Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, and you can just join in on the conversation. You'll see a little box that says type your message here, and uh, I will get your message, and we can talk. So um, also we're here because uh, with many thanks to our sponsors, ProSense pet products available at your mass retailers, good old uh, Walmart and Target, Walgreens. And you can also, uh, if you live near a Gelson's, if you're here in the West, they have us too. And Kong, the Kong toys. In fact, we're gearing up for a great, great event. If any of you are in Southern California, you definitely want to think about this event. It's going to be on Friday night, the 11th of September at the Autry at Griffith Park. It's called More Than a Cone. And basically, Kong does a lot for the industry. They have a veterinary division. They have a mass, you know, a retail division. You can find Kong products at all the pet stores at many vet hospitals. And one thing that they are trying to raise money for animal charities, animal rescues. So what they did was they commissioned world-famous artists to paint the Elizabethan collars, the cones. And they auction them off at this event, the money, of course, going to various animal charities. It's going to be celebrity star-studded. It's a great event. They had the first one last year. This one's going to be probably twice the size. They do raise a lot of money. And what they're going to do, which I think is really cool, they're going to take some of those designs and they are going to incorporate them and mass produce them in their Elizabethan collars, in their cones. So when you pick up that dog from surgery or from, you know, whatever the case may be, or he's chewing himself raw, so the doctor sends him home with one of those Elizabethan collars, your dog can actually be wearing a work of art. It's going to be, instead of just being that clear plastic or the white or whatever color you get, it's going to actually have a painting on it, obviously mass-produced, from a world famous artist. I think that's really cool. So um, anyway, once again, want to thank Kong for supporting us here on Pet Life Radio. And, you know, as we left the show last week, we started talking about some car seat safety. Interestingly, we all have this for kids, okay? We all know it. It's always there. And yet, we'll talk to you about pros and cons of traveling with your pet. We'll tell you that you definitely need to have your pet restrained in a car. Either you get him in a harness that will click right into a car seat, or you get them in some sort of carrier that you can anchor in the back of your car if you have an SUV, if you have a station wagon, whatever. But the key is what we don't want and pretty much all agree is your pet running around the car. First of all, heaven forbid, if you are in an accident and nothing is restraining your pet, your pet, chances are, will fly, hit something very hard or, heaven forbid, fly through a windshield. It's very dangerous. Or as you're just cruising along, they think it's, oh my God, how warm and cuddly. 
I'm going to stay by dad's feet. And guess what? Bowser's in the way and you just can't do it. So yes, it's cute and it's cuddly. And if they sit on your lap, it's great and it feels good, but it's definitely a distraction and it's not safe. It's not safe for you and it's not safe for your pet. So we need some sort of restraint. But interestingly, you know, if you have anyone who has a child, or in my case, a couple of fairly new grandchildren, I mean, there is so much. You cannot not find a ton of stuff on the internet that is actually rating every single brand, manufacturer, the pros, the cons, how many stars, et cetera, et cetera. And, and this is how everybody's making decisions about what to buy. Well, guess what? There's nothing like this when it comes to pets. You're going to search and search and search. And there is, uh, you know, it's one question asked in this article written at uh, Pet Health Network. And it was written by Dr. Nancy Kay. And she talks about, you know, pet safety. We're talking about pet safety in a car. Who is a center of pet safety? So it's a nonprofit research and advocacy organization. And what it does, it is dedicated to companion animal and consumer safety. So what they try to do is assess the many different modalities out there and see really which one you should get. Now, when it comes to harnesses, they did in 2013, they conducted a harness crash worthiness study. And they also did it with, in conjunction with Subaru and MGA. It's a research corporation. And it was independent. They owed nothing to anybody. And they really wanted to see, you know, what is going to work. And interestingly, the, the report states that several of the harnesses out there, even the ones that state right on the label that we were crash tested, safety, whatever, failed catastrophically. So in, in a way that they, they actually comment could cause serious injury to both your pet and to other passengers in the vehicle. So they tested a bunch of different brands. They did crates. They did carriers. They did the harnesses all in an effort to keep your pets safe. So um, what's interesting, here's some of the, the outcomes which they talked about, and this is what I wanted to share with you. So first of all, you need to get the proper container, carrier, or harness for your pet. That the failure was greatest when the wrong size was placed on a pet as far as a harness or the pet was placed in the wrong size carrier or crate. So they also, the crates had to be rigid. So don't think, the, you know, the airline carriers you can get, like the Sherpa bags, which are great, and airline safe, they're really airline safe to confine your pet. But, I mean, let's face it, they're not going to do anything if they're in a car and there's a, an accident. It has to be a very hard, rigid plastic and not those soft, collapsible structures. And if it's a crate or it's got to be those metal types of uh, gates, that material, and those would be safe as well, assuming that they're anchored properly. So they also found a number of things with the latches. Interestingly, there are a number of different latches. If you ever had a crate, like, you know, if you're going to house train your dog, and one of the things we recommend is put them in a crate, put them in a carrier. So you get those, those kind of those containers that it looks like a, like a gate. And they are, I mean, certainly do the job as far as keeping your pet confined. And they even have attachments that you can latch it into a car. However, the latch is so important. You have to have certain latches. One is called an isofix latch that is supposed to latch firmly into place and can't be easily moved even if the crate is turned upside down. And um, that's important. So it's not just the crate. It's also the latches. And the top-performing crate was called Gunner Kennel G1 Intermediate. So that's a mouthful. Gunner Kennels G1 Intermediate with eight-foot tie-down straps. And this particular crate withstood the most significant forces in their testing. And um, they also, on the bottom, have these rubber feet, which also provided some better grip. And as far as a carrier 
It was the Pet Egoforma Frame Jet Set Carrier. Once again, I'll throw it at you. The Pet Egoforma Frame Jet Set Carrier. It worked very well. It did have the Isofix latch. And so it kept it firmly into place. So uh, anyway, it's very important. So do your homework just like you would with your child. If you travel with your pet frequently, if you're planning a trip and you want to take your pets with you, make sure that you do your homework. Check out the best way to keep your pet safe during travel. Keep yourselves safe during travel. And um, again, Nancy wanted to thank uh, Subaru who uh, helped fund this test and also the nonprofit that uh, I think did a really, really good job in helping us keep our pets safe while we travel. So anyway, that's something to uh, keep in mind. Also, I want to uh, take this minute to send a posthumous shout out. One of my very nice school classmates, his name was Dr. Scott Sims. You might have seen him already on Nat Geo's Aloha Vet. He just passed away on the 25th of July from cancer. Very, very sad. Young guy. Younger than I am, so it's a young guy. And uh, he really was just a, a real character, and he was a veterinary practitioner that would handle a lot of the pet health care of all animals, wild animals, domesticated animals. He built his own plane so he can travel from island to island to help animals in need. Uh, he was one of the few veterinarians on the islands that was uh, basically able to do wild animals as well as domesticated pets. So he did a lot of zoo-type animals, large animals. And um, anyway, sad to state that uh, he, he passed away about a month ago. So, Scott, we uh, will all miss you. And uh, he was um, a valued class member of mine, uh, UC Davis class of 1984. Very, very sad. So anyway, other than that, we uh, had two instances. I think we're going to have to break in a minute. So we're going to, when I come back, we're going to talk about two cases. I was so worried about the third. But two cases within two days of each other that had, you know, a lot of these things are coming in twos. And I, my worry is, are they going to be coming in threes? In which case, I have to be careful. But as I mentioned last week, we had two splenectomies on the same day. Sadly, both came back with hemangiosarcoma, which is the worst of the possible diagnoses to have. However, they're both doing well post-surgically. And now we just have to watch. Dogs that have splenic hemangiosarcoma as opposed to hemangioma, which is benign, or just a splenic hematoma, the hemangiosarcoma is, it's going to get them. It really is. It's just, the question is when. The question is how long had they had it and what type of damage had it done in, within before the spleen was removed. In both cases, the lungs were clean, the liver looked good, but we know the process of spread has already begun. And this week, it was intestinal foreign bodies. And one is really, really interesting. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about little guy, the cat. Don't go away. We'll be right back here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. I'm home. My hair looks cute. Now what? Bringing home a puppy or new dog is exciting, and he's depending on you to keep him in good health. Dogs need special care to keep them healthy as they grow throughout their entire life. Caring for their health is critical in all stages. With ProSense, it's simple and convenient to give your dog the care it needs with effective and quality products that treat, prevent, and provide essential daily vitamins and minerals. ProSense products are veterinary formulated and recommended to ensure the very best for your pet. Try ProSense today. Your dog will thank you for it. Pets love life. Love them back with ProSense. Do you know that moment when your dirty dog's about to jump in your nice, clean car? 
you can avoid all the cleanup and mess with a 4K9 seat cover. 4K9s makes heavy-duty seat covers and cargo liners that will blend seamlessly with the interior of your vehicle. You can find us at 4K9s.com, that's the number 4, K-N-I-N-E-S.com, or on Amazon.com. 4K9s makes nothing but the best for your best friend. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com And welcome back to Pet Life Radio's Ask Beth with Dr. Jeff. You are here live with Dr. Jeff. And of course, we'd love to hear from you. And for some reason, I get some emails from you, but I want to get a phone call. I want to hear your voice live on the radio. Is that asking too much? How easy is it? 877-385-8882. That's how easy it is. Just pick up the phone, dial 877-385-8882. It's a free call. If you are really, really nervous about talking on the phone live, then you can also just sit and log on to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff on PetLifeRadio.com and just join in the conversation, ask me a question. Or if you don't even want to log on, you're just listening, then you can go ahead and send me a, um, an email to drjeffdrjeff at PetLifeRadio.com. That's how easy it is. So before the break, I mentioned that it was a crazy week. Two weeks ago, I, you know, usually they say bad things happen in threes. This, this happened in twos. And I'm hoping that three is not going to happen, but we had two bleeding abdomens, so we call it hemoabdomen. Uh, typically, that means that there is a mass somewhere within the abdomen that is bleeding, and the mass that we see is going to be spleen. Now, the first case I saw, actually, it was no, it was the second. The first one we saw was a beagle. Not the most common dog to have a very, I mean, to have a splenic hemangiosarcoma, but uh, he did. The second one, I made the diagnosis watching the dog walk down the hallway because it was a golden retriever. And golden retrievers are like notorious for splenic hemangiosarcomas. And this one was no different. I took one look at the dog walking, barely had the strength to walk, lifted its lip, saw the gums. The gums were white instead of nice and pink. And there was my diagnosis. Now, when you see that, it doesn't mean that's a slam dunk diagnosis. The next step is we have to see, oops. Are we too late? Is it even worth going in and trying to fix? So what we typically do is we first thing we do, we do is a chest x-ray because if we already have metastatic disease, that means the spread of the cancer cells to the lungs. We're kidding ourselves and it's not fair to put the dog through the surgery. It's not fair to put mom and dad through the anxiety, through the expense. It's a losing battle. It's time to say goodbye. We also then will put an ultrasound probe on the animal. If we see severe disease in the liver as well, the same thing goes. It's just not right. 
But both of these dogs had clean lungs, clear liver, so we went in surgically. Of course, when we go in surgically, we are looking for other things that you may not necessarily see on ultrasound, like we run the bowel on the intestine to see if there's any spread. And we also get to look and actually feel the liver to see if, in fact, we have lesions. Not so much to say, oops, we're going to put this poor dog to sleep right now on the table. It's more or less from a prognostic standpoint. So after the dog is awakened, goes home, we can tell mom and dad, you know what, we did feel some lesions on the liver. We're very concerned that they're the same. So it just be prepared for a more hasty process. I had a dog, we did a splenectomy on a dog. This is many years ago. And this dog totally beat the odds, lived to about 19 or 20 months, almost two years. When it finally died, it was 13. I mean, it was a big dog, 13. Hey, you're happy to get your big dog to hit 13 anyway. But they say that you know, once you see, once you have a mangiosarcoma, it's already ruptures, it's bleeding into the belly, that obviously the spread through the blood and the lymphatic system has already started. And then it's just a matter of how aggressive and how fast the spread is going to be. It could be as short as a month. It could be, again, as long as 19 or 20 months. But typically, I would say it's going to be within 6 to 12 months. I would have an owner prepared for the inevitable. If you already see lesions or feel lesions on the liver, it's probably going to be happening even sooner than that. So we wait and see, but I'm happy to report that both those dogs are doing very well post-surgically. Their packed cell volume or hematocrit, both are arisen. The the beagle is almost normal. 37 is low normal. We did surgery. It was 22. That's a much bloody loss. And now he's up to 36, which is really, really good. And the big golden's not lagging much behind as her PCV on Friday was 30. So we're happy. We're, we're doing well. At the very least, we are giving the owners time to be with their pet. We're giving the pet plenty of time to be with the owners. But it's also, we're a little bit more realistic now as we have to go on a treat. Well, that was two weeks ago. Last week, this past week, it was something other. We had a cat presented to us from an emergency, vomiting, vomiting a lot. And interestingly, the belly was really soft, which is a puzzle. Usually cats that vomit a lot are going to have a tense abdomen, but the belly was really soft, could feel nothing. Really nothing showed up. There was a funny shadow on an x-ray, but the history was this cat may have eaten a rubber ball. Now, not the whole thing. They found pieces of the ball. Now, what's so interesting is that we often don't see cats that are ready and willing to eat hunks of something, of whatever that something is. And yet this cat certainly did. So we uh, waited out a day, treated IV fluids, and the next day, lo and behold, the cat vomited a piece of ball. We thought we are home free. And talking to the owner, she said, what color was the ball? We said, well, it looks blue. And she goes, blue? Oh my God, he munched on a blue ball about a year and a half ago. And he's been fine ever since that. We figured it either vomited somewhere or passed, but the ball he ate was purple. I said, well, it could be in the stomach gas. So the next day, long story short, the cat starts vomiting again, despite I'm thinking now, whatever it was, it's passed. We're treating it. We're going to send the cat home. Everything will be fine. So we now take some more x-rays and see a gas pattern that was concerning. But more importantly, it's been three days, cats eating, but doing a lot of vomiting, vomiting phlegm. And I said to her, you know what? If you're telling me that this ball is old and he's continuing to vomit, we need to go in and see what the heck is going on. Sure enough, we go in and I notice a few things. First of all, he's got a lot of adhesions. Adhesions are like areas where you could tell there were prior intestinal surgeries, not to mention the long incision on his abdomen. So this cat is a repeat offender. And in talking to the owner, this cat had surgery two years before for swallowing the nipple of a child's baby bottle. 
And that had to, they had to go in surgically and remove it. And the process, they had to do some fancy footwork and there was some adhesion. So here I am opening up, figuring the reason why whatever it was couldn't pass any longer. The adhesions formed very sharp S-turns, if you will. Like think of a, of a racetrack for Formula One and there were a lot of very sharp turns. Well, when you have a, an object, if it's too big, it can't make that sharp turn so it gets stuck. So first thing I'm doing is I'm, I'm breaking up all these adhesions in the abdomen, opening up the intestine, and sure enough, I can see and find these two very firm bulges. So I cut just in front of the bulge, I squeeze the bulges out, I pull out two pieces, fairly substantial, of purple ball, rubber ball. This cat is unbelievable. I, I was shocked. So we then, because the tissue was so badly affected and lost some of its blood supply. It didn't come back nice and pink, but it stayed kind of dark purple. So I did what's called an intestinal anastomosis where we basically take that hunk of tissue that was poorly vascularized. It didn't actually come back a nice pink color that when you squeeze, you pinch it, you could see the muscles starting to respond to the pinching. It was almost like dead intestine, where even if something that could go through would not get, would not be able to because there's no what we call peristaltic wave. There's nothing propelling it through. It would just sit there. So not to mention the tissue could just die, which is terrible. So we did an anastomosis. We sewed healthy tissue to healthy tissue. We covered up our area. We made sure all the adhesions were gone. And, and, and we also took some momentum and put them in between because we don't want new adhesions to form. And I'm happy to say the cat went home yesterday doing just fine eating, having BMs, bowel movements. So all is good. So that, that was pretty nice. The second one was a something I'd expect more than a cat. I mean, cats are not notorious for eating, literally eating, chewing on balls and swallowing. That's so weird. Maybe yarn. Yes, they like playing with string. They like chewing on plastic, but actually tearing apart a rubber ball and swallowing a hunk, that's pretty bizarre. But the next one was a rescue Labrador retriever. It was, well, it wasn't pure breed, but it was, a, it was lab. Black dog, clearly lab. Now that I can understand because labs will chew on anything that doesn't eat them first. So basically, they're impossible. Well, it was a rescue dog in a rescue in a foster's home. And when they brought the dog to the foster, of course, the rescue brought its own blanket. And the foster wakes up one morning to a dog who is just vomited a big clump of blanket. And then when she looks at the blanket provided by the rescue group, she realizes the clump is not enough to sort of like a puzzle piece to fit this piece, that there was still something in there. The dog did have a tense abdomen, was salivating a lot. Sure enough, had to go in. And yes, we pulled out about two or three feet of a fairly thin strip nonetheless, but of blanket. And this crazy dog was munching on his blanket. Clearly not the kind of dog that we can leave alone with a blanket because it's a lab puppy. We have to give this puppy things to chew on, to keep it occupied, things that are meant to be chewed, things that will not obstruct his poor gastrointestinal tract. But uh, anyway, having two intestinal surgeries in uh, one day for us is a bit unusual. Yes, we have a you know busy practice, but uh, it, that is kind of crazy. Anyway, so uh, once again, 
No one called. I'm, I'm going to get a complex, guys. You got to pick up the phone. You got to call me and ask me questions. You can ask anything. We'll get answers for you. I'm either going to have them to tip my tongue, especially if it's dog, cat, or anything else that's uh, my area of interest and specialty. And next week also, we're going to talk about something. When I was working in Peru about two years ago, doing like a veterinary mission, I was working with some European veterinarians. And when I was doing my space, I was doing what's called an ovario hysterectomy. And they are doing ovariectomies. They're just taking out the ovaries, not the uterus. When you talk to them and you do some more homework and research, something very interesting about how we do things in the United States and Canada versus how things are done in Europe and pretty much the rest of the world. And we're going to talk about next week, ovariohysterectomy versus ovariectomy. So make sure to stay tuned. Joining me here live, Pet Life Radio's live Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And and once again, thanks to our sponsors, ProSense and Kong. Remember, if you are in Los Angeles or in Southern California at all, on Friday night, the 11th of September, make sure to join us at More Than a Cone event. I will be there as well. And uh, stay tuned for uh, our show next week. And we'll see you then. Have a wonderful week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>